Now boarding for Rebuild of Joycast, your weekly destination for anime, manga, and more. Oh, Joycast, what a wonderful podcast. Basically a One Piece podcast now, Val. I like over, I like screwed up the scheduling. Golden Week actually hasn't happened yet. Really? It's actually coming up, so we've got all this free time. So we may as well just keep that One Piece discussion from last week going. This boat ain't sinking yet! <laughs> but yeah, but if we do want to do some quick updates, uh, what's going on, uh... On the manga front, uh, it seems like all the mangaka got really smart this year and all scheduled their vacations before Golden Week to get a nice big long one. Because there's barely, things are like coming in and out weirdly. Stuff, ba- stuff's, and basically when Golden Week's over, Golden Kamui is going to be over. Jeez. Um, Vigilantes is going to be over. Uh, you know, as much as we say that we love Vigilantes, like, it's one of those things where it's like, it's been long overdue. It's been long I want, overdue. I just want, I want to see Koichi rest. Right? Interesting enough, though, um, Black Clover going on full-on hiatus uh-huh. for a minimum three months, they said, because the guy is preparing for the final arc. Uh-huh. So they're losing another one. I mean, say what you will about Black Clover, it's been a mainstay for the magazine. Uh, yeah, it has. I was literally thinking about that the other day, and how I haven't heard anything about it for ages. Because it's been going along strong, because the problem is that when it erupted, it was all bad word of mouth. Bad word of mouth. So the fact that you're not hearing anything is a good thing. The fact that you're not hearing its cancellation... And the fact that it ran so long quietly, like, that's a jobber. So, congrats. I don't think... It's, it, Black Clover is definitely at that point where it wasn't going to get cancelled, I feel. Yeah, it's good. Like, we make fun of it for being, like, the most shonen that ever shonen But, like, oh, yeah, like I give that credit. Fairy Tale and Naruto. There's some berserk inspiration in there, but dude can't go quite that far because it's in Shonen Jump. Not yeah. fucking Animal Magazine or whatever. What is young it? Animal. Is it Young Beat? Yeah, Young Animal. Which, kudos to that freaking magazine name. Right? Uh, there's some good names out there. Uh, there are. But, uh, yeah, but the manga himself was like, yo, I really didn't actually want to take the time off. This was actually the editors. So, big props to the uh, the editors for uh, looking out for the safety <laughs> of their mm-hmm. talent. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Like, things are just scatterbrained, so, like, we're really not gonna be able to get on, like, our regular conversations until, like, mid-May is when things Mm. will get back in order. So until Mm. then, we're just, like, we're in the middle of, like, a golden month, essentially, and we're gonna just talk about One Piece. Yeah, I I, I do have a thought, though. Speaking of Young Animal, we we do a lot of shonen. We do too much shonen. The world does too much shonen. Young what Animal's if, also a shonen, dude. It, I mean, I know, I know, but it's a little bit more adult. I know for a fact that they like at least put softcore porn in there. Oh, good for you. At least stuff like that. What I'm Happy saying is you. though, what if we took a look at some Young Animal manga at some point? Yeah, we could. Pe- I we we should just like peek into the others. We kind of did that with um weekly weekly shonen when we, we looked did, into yeah. the um that trash manga. Yes. And uh, the finale yes. of Fire That Force one that, as you said, is going very slowly. Very slowly. I've I've dropped off of that. I've dropped off of Earth Child and Akane Banashi. I mean, mm. but all props to them. I hope they all do well. Because 
there's some new ones coming, but I'm going to put a pin in that. That will be when we come back next. I genuinely feel like I may be... I'm not done with Shonen Jump, but it's like... I've also dropped off Earth Child. I was reading it the other day, and I was like, yeah, this is alright. But something about it isn't really grabbing me right now the first like the first chapter did i guess yeah it's it's it, now that it now that it knows it's not getting canceled immediately now it's kind of pumping the brakes a little bit and taking its time as it mm. deserves to but that being said not for me but i hope it does well i like it being there but there's two new ones coming out one i got a sneak peek at um poisoner marriage poisoner marriage uh this is from one of the assistants on jujutsu kaisen so another one of those, like, hailed as the next big thing. And I read it. And like I said, we'll get to a more detailed discussion when it's actually out for everyone else. But my right now, I'm actually torn. I, I'm 50-50 I'm on it. Part of me says, wow, visually hilarious. Love it. Looks good. But it's another one of those, we call them bitchless stories now. There's basically Isekai has had its run. Now we are now entering the new bitchless subgenre. Maidenless. Maidenless, I like that better for for Damn uh, right. Elden Ring. Ring. Yeah. There's a new subgenre out now that's taking the world by storm. It's called Bitchless or Maidenless. Yeah, Maidenless. We go with yeah. Maidenless. So I will we will get into the details about all these guys leaving and all these new these newbies coming in uh probably next week. But right now, let's get back to One Piece. Let's finish off where we left off last week. Where between last week and this week, I watched Stampede. What were your thoughts? I will tell you mine first. Bad story, in my opinion. Bad story. The, the, it was uh, kind of shit in that it was just one... They tried to do one big fight. But I kind of didn't care. It was all fan service. That was nice. But there was no substance to it. Those are your thoughts? Those are my thoughts. You're so wrong, Val. I can't believe it. I thought you were. I thought we were finally going to be on the same team on this one. No, I like it and everything, but it's. I just didn't. I wasn't down with the story. I was like, man. No, I, I like think... some of the aspects of this, but it's just one big fucking fight. The only character yes. I like. The only villain. I I like Buena Vista more than Bullet. Yeah, I think he's great. No, I think this rivals movie six for me. I Go thought on. this was incredible. Um, what is with anime movies now where they're just like, yeah, you get the, with the manga cut, the original author produces and goes, yeah, you can go ahead and write what you think the conclusion of my series is because mm -hmm. Dragon Ball Super Broly did this and probably did it better. My Hero Academia Heroes Rising did very well to the extent where Horikoshi straight up said, yeah, that was actually my first rough draft of the finale. Mm -hmm. Now we have One Piece Stampede that this could functionally work as a One Piece finale. But what's just so impressive is the fact that Oda looked at that and went, oh, I'm not worried. I have something better than that planned. For you, you see how easy that is. For me, I'm like, holy crap. This thing actually has some interest in wrapping up some arcs. Usopp mm -hmm. is more based than he's ever been. Yeah. He, I, I like, I, we mean Steve. I literally saw this. Stina mention that when you watch Stampede in the comments, yeah, actually. Yeah, because she was angry about our, our assertions about Syrup Village. And I was like, Stina, you understand, Syrup Village is a starting point for Usopp. We don't hate Usopp. We, we're not no. being ironic. We generally love Usopp. He starts off as a very weak, petulant man. And yeah, he grows and throughout. And, and in the finale of Stampede, we really see some coming. We see some legitimate coming of age for Usopp. This is incredible. 
and the and basically the like the the ending where like they, they go a little bit full circle with Goldie Roger, where mm. you kind of see him kind of do a passing of the torch where like they have the uh, the internal compass to Laugh Tail, and he goes anyone who would actually find One Piece would never use that. Nope. And I love that, and it speaks volumes about that as a finale where that was literally like Oda's words goes. This would not be the finale. It's incredible, isn't? But there's something more incredible on the way. I Agreed. I just like the feeling of this. The animation again. It's not the same director as Super Broly, but it's definitely inspired. We we have these long fucking action sequences. So how you felt about the overall product, Val? That's how I felt about like the opening 20 minutes where we didn't see the first put that on. I went oh, so this is just like a like everyone's here fan servicey action Pretty sequence. Much. Yeah, okay, I'm jiving with this, but it really turns on the fucking jets when Bullet, like, like after like the after the first Bullet fight, part two where he becomes the giant fucking kaiju, that's when everything changes. And mm. when I discussed last week about Smoker, where I said I want this guy to finally decide where he he rests in this spectrum, and he does it in this film where he decides to be the one good cop. It's not what I wanted for him, but I'm glad he has some conviction here. Mm. And um, yeah, and just like, and the fact that we can see Boa and Luffy reunited was fucking great. And she gets to kick ass. I'm sorry, you, uh, Ivan. Are you are you a are you a Bova? Oh, are you a Boa Stan? I am a Boa Stan. She she's a bit of Kicks an alpha woman, and she can do it because she's beautiful. She's allowed to do whatever she wants because she's beautiful. Yeah, she literally says this. It's an actual line. <laughs> yeah, no, I it's love an actual it. line. I could st- I could kill a puppy or a baby seal, and no one would hate me because I am beautiful. Amazing, it's fucking great, wonderful. Like she's kind of an L for women's rights, but like she is the wife that Luffy deserves because <laughs> 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 th- she's the only one that has patience for him. <laughs> um, and I watched the English dub. That is, Colleen. If you're talking about just this movie outdoes Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super. It does the whole Dragon Ball shit. I've never hated Dragon Ball more than after watching this movie. Because this does the shit better. All of the Dragon Ball titles bother me. Because I, it's just, you could call it Dragon Ball, you could call it Dragon Ball Z, now it's Dragon Ball Super. And it's like, everyone just calls it Dragon Ball Z, even still. Because it's the same thing, but worse. I oh, know. Yeah, this thing does outdoes the shtick. I can't, I can't believe it. Um, and going back to Colleen, the the finale, the final fight, the cl- the climax, that's the hardest I've ever hear, heard heard an actor go. In mm. a, in, in, if we're talking about screamy shonen, as of Stampede, Colleen is queen. Yeah, I that got is to, I think crazy. I told you I saw Stampede in cinema. Lucky bastard. Yeah. I am and it was, so no, it jealous. It was cool, and everyone was super respectful too. Because, like I said. I'm in England. We have pretty respectful audiences and shit like that who don't scream at the top of their lungs. So if this of- aired in the U.S., Val, it would be a practically empty theater because that's something I want to discuss in our ongoing One Piece discussion. How much, as much as I unironically adore four kids for many aspects, mm-hmm. they ruined One Piece's reputation in the West. Yes, they do. We will all have to die. That all us millennials will have to die so that the memory of four kids, One Piece dub, dies with us. Only then will its reputation heal in the West. I actually had a packed cinema when I saw it. Because it's, you're farther out. You're almost east again. Well, we had four kids, dude. We had Cartoon Network and everything. We were watching yeah, four but kids. Yeah, again, like you're that. a little bit more cultured than we are. If you go in the US, only the Zoomers like One Piece. 
because they just don't know it. They, they, they didn't know, they didn't see what we saw. Like, ask anyone my in my age group, it's very difficult to find a One Piece stand. What is the most iconic Four Kids One Piece scene for you? What's the one, most iconic One Piece scene for me? Four Four Kids, yes. Oh, Four Four Kids? Oh. Now with that- You're probably it, both thinking about, like, Voice of Guts Zorro. Yes. With that blood-curdling, Luffy! Luffy! Yes, as that is my favorite. down to kill him. As well as the iconic shoe on a... It's, it's a like gun a that has a, a boot attached to it. A hammer, yes. A gun with a hammer attached to it. A very convoluted crane system with a hammer <laughs> attached to a gun versus just a regular pistol. I, 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 love, them, I love I, I have to give them credit for like being bothered to like draw that. Like, no, it's got to be No, I love... That's inspired... Like, literally, all those crazy edits you see in My Hero Academia Bridged, that is inspired by four kids. I, that is literally how I grew up with anime. The fact that you, you, basically, you didn't just localize. I, I mean, I remember back in, I always say about uh, My Academia Bridge, I made it, I westernized it. I localized the fuck out of it because I was so heavily influenced by four kids as a kid. The fact that that is what you did to anime. If you dubbed over anime, you couldn't just fucking Google Translate and call it a day. You had to fucking fit it into the culture of where you were presenting it to. Today, that is sacrilege. But back in my day, that is how it had to be done. Mm -hmm. And I, it is something to be appreciated. We laugh at it now, and that is fine. Laugh with it. But back in the day, man, I, and I said, I, I go back to this now, and that's what I, I used to do with the... Um, the, the My Hero Academia bridges and uh, the other bridges I did around the uh, mm. mid, the mid to late aught teens. I uh, versus now, where now I'm, I'm learning to res actually respect the material the way it has to be now. I wish for many things for my country, but more than anything, I just want us to have anime. If we were doing One Piece, we wouldn't have censored it. Exactly. No, and not only would you guys not have censored it, you guys would have gotten harder. You always no, talk about that yeah. dub. What's that dub you love so much? Ah, uh, old anime, British dub. Urusei Yatsura. Yes, iconic. But they have British loads. Dubbing. They have loads of in English jokes. Like yes. they reference celebrities and shit yes. like that. They will. They will outright say, "Oh, it's this guy from The Good Life." Yes, yes, and that's what I'm saying. Like, if you guys got dubs back again, like, and now you'd be struck. You'd, you'd have to be fucking uh, appropriate and and faithful, like we are forced to now. But if you, if you, just a little bit earlier, if British dubbing had maintained, they'd be pulling the same crap that four kids did in a Probably. British way, which would have been hilarious to see. No, we wouldn't edit the footage, I don't think. We, okay. A show no, that I love, you, I told you, you about this You fuckers times. would change, like, you'd add, like, tea and fucking biscuits to shit. No, 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 no. Because, have, I've told you about this before, monkey... Journey to the West, Monkey, I've told you about this before many times and how much I freaking love it. It is super racy. It has racist accents and things like that because it was made in like the 70s or whatever. It's just that entertaining amount of problematic. It's a product exactly. of another time. Pretty much, yeah. I've got the entire DVD box set. It's freaking hilarious. Yeah, I, you've talked about this before. Yeah, I have. In, 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 I, I will have to talk about this in detail. Honestly, um... It's probably what helped inspire Dragon Ball. Like, when did Dragon Ball come out? The 1980s, right? 80s, yeah. So, oh, it, it most likely did. I mean, 
But but on top of that, I mean, freaking, it was it's just a it's just a parody of Journey to the West, as Monkey also was. Mm-hmm. Precisely. It, it's so good, though. Um, God. It's like one of my favorite things that I've watched. Yeah, it's just called Monkey. Some people call it Monkey Magic, even though it's a completely different show. But whatever. Let's get back to Stampede. And I, I just want to, like, stipulate something. It's not that I really hate Stampede. I don't like an anime that decides to make the entire hour-long runtime, maybe a little bit more or something. I think... I want to say that Stampede run f ran for at least 70 minutes or something like that. I cannot get that into something. Like, I can enjoy it in the moment, but then I, I, I go away and I think about it for a bit and I go, that was all a fight though, and I, an hour and 41 minutes. Yeah, so I, that to was me, I was just, I, was just, I thought it was minutes. remarkable. I was like, wow, this fight is literally going to last the whole time. It fucking kicks Broly's, uh, Super Broly's ass. Well, see, that's the thing. I don't even like Broly that much. I like the I stuff love with, that movie I too. like the I... build-up. I like the build-up with Broly on the spaceship with the Freezer Force and, uh, what's her name? Kale yeah. and Freezer and his dad and everything. Yeah, that I shit's like cool. The, I like the flashback with the Saiyans when everything's about to go to shit and everything like that. That's good. But then the movie's just a fight. I want to build up and stuff like that. And that's what I usually like about other yeah, One Piece so I, films. I, so yeah, you are correct on that. Broly definitely has Broly definitely has better build up. So I retract that statement. Broly Super, super Broly is still probably one of the best anime movies ever oh, yeah, made. Totally. It it's was got better cool. build up. It's got a darkness to it. Yeah. It, it was also the fastest anime film I have ever seen get leaked online. Oh yeah, because they 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 didn't um they didn't control the screeners um because I famously the uh, the Dragon Ball Super Broly Bridge that we did was used with a theater screener. They gave mm. it to me. I literally went because my movie theater is freaking just derelict and cheap. They did one press screening. I went there and I said, "Hey, what are you doing with that 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 disc?" And they said, "Funimation didn't tell us what to do with it." I said, "Can I have it?" Sure. And so I I yeah. used that footage. So basically, like, I, basically, I, that came out in the West in the spring. It was February. I had that. Sh I had that shit in my hands in February. Oh. But I wasn't the only one because the ones that got leaked online were also the same screener. Because because mm. I compared it with mine, I'm like, oh, they got the same thing. I remember just going through YouTube and chilling one day with a friend, and we just saw Dragon Ball Super Broly, the movie, full thing, and it was in like top notch quality. Yes. And I and I clicked it, and I was like. Looked at my friend. There's no fucking way they have this. This was in February, I think. Yes, it, no, like, it was in February because, they, because it, yeah. it came out in it came out uh, in Japan in December, and then they had the premiere in the U.S. It was very fast in January, and then the press screeners were like late January, early February. I I got mine the first week of February, and like I said, I literally went there and said, "What are you doing with that? Are you doing more screenings?" They said, "No." I said, "Can I have it?" And yeah, and, and and I think that's the same. I think that's the same shit everyone else pulled. Whoever uploaded did the same thing I did, where they just asked for it, and they didn't have a contract or I had any rules. Which now I th I think because of that, now they have rules because I because mm. I've tried this again with Heroes Rising, and the, uh. and that they said no fucking way. They 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 they're like get the fuck out of here. When did Heroes Rising come out? Heroes Rising came out right before the pandemic. So two heroes came out like October of like 2018, 20. They came, the anime came out in 2016, so like yeah, 2018. <laughs> so then Heroes Rising, um, came out in Japan in like late 2019, and then came out in the West like 
March or late February 2020. It was literally the last movie I saw in theaters before the pandemic. Like a week later, fuck the mask mandates happened. Man, Two Heroes is such a like, just a whatever movie. I, I enjoy it. For my hero standards, two heroes, I enjoy two it. Two heroes. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you talking about two heroes? Yeah. Two, two heroes, heroes sucks. Yeah. Two heroes is see. an OVA. Two heroes is a fucking OVA. I didn't even see Rising, I think. No, you I, didn't. Should. I, didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I haven't seen it still. You should. It's great. I, I really I'm, like it. It's what, you know, I thought to myself, man, My Hero Academia is coming to an end. It is. Like, not soon, but, you know, I got time if I went back and reread it, and it'd probably help for the podcast. I'd actually be able to, like, remember people's names consistently. You're doing well. Honestly, you're doing very well, because even when you're caught up, those are not easy names to remember. I only remember them because I do an abridge where I'm literally looking at this shit frame by motherfucking frame and re mm. rewriting it. So, of mm. course, I know what they are, but for the average person... Because that's something that we got... Again, I go back to those localization jokes. We got clowned on for that in the early days. And I'm like... Like, it was basically people who watch it today clown on that. I go, guys, go back to 2016. Midoriya, Ochako, Bakugo, Todoroki, those were not easy names to remember. My Hero was a forced phenomenon. They had to really push to get those names to become memorable. Because they're not Goku and Krillin. Not easy names. Mm. Like in relation to other shonen, it took a long time for the general eyes to understand what those names were. Yeah, 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 Yorozu is probably like the one that people still struggle with now. I'll talk to people about My Hero Academia today. Yes, the general, I think to this day, yeah, they still struggle with it. And and some people just do, say, uh, whatever her hero name is, Yao Momo, Creati, or whatever. They see Creati and like, uh, to me, I'm like, oh my god, Creati yeah. is terrible. Or, or, or they'll just call her Momo. In fact, yeah, that's why they gave her the nickname, didn't yeah, they? That's yeah, that's why I said Yao Momo. Yao Momo yeah. is what they call her. Most people say Momo or yeah. Yao Momo. Exactly. Like, and he probably knew. Yeah, that's kind of a hard name to remember. Yeah, a, a lot of them are. Back to back to Stampede though. So, my my point is, I don't hate Stampede. I appreciate that it is all entirely like fan service. I, I, I that's a that's a very good print point you bring up. Yeah, it does do a lot of things for uh, maybe even finalizing or really cementing like some of these like. Uh, things that we don't really concentrate on that much like is Usopp a braver person than he used to be th uh, throughout the series and everything uh, absolutely he he shows that in spades a lot of the time he fights he's like overcoming like you know terrible odds he is god Usopp yeah leader of a uh, of a fucking thousand man army eight thousand men or something yeah. like that you know the point about Smoker, I'd say they're still good cops. I mean, Marines and everything. Like you got, um. I mean, they definitely are. I was just, I was just talking about, I was just talking about Smoker specifically. Smoker's like story in general. Yeah, no, I, we haven't seen him in forever. Cause, Cause this, cause this. So, in the Shadow Cannon, this takes place like right before Wano, or even during it. It's really weird. Cause like this, the, the, canonically, it's very caught up. It's yeah, no, it's it's the usual weird thing about One Piece, where. It's in an alternate universe, like yes. the movies are. Like, um, I would say the chopper movie nine. Did you watch movie nine? Now, yeah, I, I've only seen like the big ones. I've only seen Stampede, Z, Gold, oh, um, oh, six. Strong World. Strong World, yes. Which I would still say is the st absolute strongest One Piece movie. I day. like the animation, and I think that one has some of my favorite animation. I like mm. the way Luffy moves in that. Um, no, but but, but really no, good. actually, I like said well, I. That's think... the first film I believe that Oda actually had input on, and that yeah, and is, it makes sense because when... that one talks about Nami a lot. 
Yes, it does. But that's when... Because you got the One Piece movies, Ivan. I'm sure you know, you've know you noticed this. You got the One Piece movies, and then you've got the One Piece films. Yes, the films are the original stories, and then they have the recaps. And that's why I've been getting confused trying to track down these movies. Because mm. some of them, like... like, like uh, For what... As fanatical as One Piece fans are about the series and the manga, they're very lethargic on the films. Mm. They really are. It's very hard to like, it's almost like pulling teeth trying to ask another One Piece fan, what movies am I supposed to be watching? They, even they don't fucking know sometimes. I would say, I'd actually say absolutely go watch the first One Piece movie because it's a very interesting point where it's, um, it's after Syrup Village, but it's before Baratier. So it's before Nami's betrayal. So Nami's constantly like looking at the crew and everything like that, getting into trouble. And she'll like just choose to leave them to like, get That's fucked or sweet. something like that speaking um, of i just want to hold that thought real quick speaking of baratier did you see on twitter they they leaked the uh what the ship looks like in the uh the netflix series no i didn't because they I had they have an actual live action baratier care, but okay i don't know i i'm real hating on netflix right now but fuck remember they got a one piece coming out i know it's gonna be shit but i take one piece wherever i can get it man they got me they they got me wrapped around their finger on that one you you know me, I, I'm, I'm not going to make a big stink about it or anything like that online. I'm not going to be like, Meh. like, I, I think everyone knows a lot of people. You know my opinion. Anime shouldn't be uh, made in real life and everything. Yeah, I, I agree. And when they first announced the One Piece Netflix series, I was just like, how? One Piece is out of all the ones you want to adapt to live action. That's the one you shouldn't because it's too freaking surreal. Right. It's like it's too freaking surreal. I guarantee no, Spy Family is gonna get a Netflix live action remake or something. They're not. No, see, they're not. But Japan is without a doubt working on a Spy X Family movie, live action movie, that because will it, then be translated and dubbed to Netflix. Because it could work. If they did it for Kaguya-sama, they'll do it for Spy X Family. They did it for Kaguya-sama. They did. Oh my god, dude! I was on a flight. They they play on my Delta flights whenever I'm they, traveling. What? They always have it, and I always like. Peek a little bit. I can't stand it. it. You again? Why would you do that? They do that a lot with romantic anime, though, don't they? They've got like live action my love story. I think. Yes, yes. I, I was about to say. Yeah, they always because it's it. very cheap and easy. It's a good bottom line. Oh, it's like the American horror film where they're like, yeah, live action anime romance film. I, what the one I can't believe they did it for, and I've n really hardly ever heard shit in the West for, was the uh, the JoJo Part Four. Uh, yeah, no, that was crazy. I mean, obviously, uh, if you if the, if they if you were told we want to do a live action JoJo, and then you say, oh, okay, so we're gonna like go to England, we'll go to Liverpool, find like a stately manor or something to fill in, uh, like you know, film in, they'll be like. Fuck no, we're jumping straight to part four. That's the cheapest one to make. We're not doing this. Yeah, we're not doing this globe trotting shit. Fuck that Egypt shit. Yeah, go to what? No, it's not even Egypt unless they do like what part three did originally. You ever seen those OVAs? Yeah. I love those OVAs, Ivan. To those original death. OVAs are sick. Yeah, I I love the dub even. What's that? You want me to beat your bum? Well, okay. <laughs> I'll fucking kill you. To me, it's just that scene where Kakyoin goes like flying through the neon sign and there's no music. It's just all sound effects. The Dio fight there's in There's something that, just like visceral about that. The, the entire Dio fight in that OVA is one of the best 
anime fights I think my young self had ever seen walking in on my brother who was torrenting that shit or something and I saw Jotaro for the first time stepping up to Dio I just thought he was the coolest guy I had ever seen in anything popped collar badass like kind of fucking like that school hat and everything the chain hanging off of that popped collar and then he's got the ghost and everything I had no idea what was going on I just thought it was the most badass thing I'd ever seen so I was very surprised when I like actually got into Jojo and I was like oh man this is a little sillier than like the OVA really did it yeah, because honestly, my my first intro to JoJo was that OVA, mm. where it was a lot more serious, and I jumped to part three, where immediately JoJo Jotaro was calling his mother a bitch from a jail cell, and I immediately turned it off. I'm like, what the fuck is this bullshit? <laughs> this is goofy shit. And then I saw part four and went, oh, JoJo's fucking cool. Mm. Now I'll watch from the beginning. And I got back to part three and went, oh yeah, it doesn't matter. Part three just sucks. Part three I doesn't will die on that hill. suck. Part three sucks. I would argue that part four sucks in many regards, part you son three, of a bitch. Part shit, it's the worst one. Bullshit, part four has so barely filler. any goddamn character development. Just get your fucking, fucking stupid, weird and character. Filler. I'm going to protect my mom in this town. You didn't do shit, Josuke. You gallivanted around with your goddamn friends while a fucking murderer. Idiot. Kill He's your fucking, fucking friend. Shut the fuck up. Let's get back to one piece. It was very authentic. That's what I, I would expect a 16-year-old to do. It's the most realistic show I've ever seen. Damn right, it's realistic, but goddammit. Where a 16-year-old Bowser breaks his town and he fucking goofs off, eats fucking ice cream. I, I can argue this till I'm blue in the goddamn face. Joe K lacks a character arc. All the characters are fucking not used enough. Koichi, nothing. We get like, we get good. Koichi is literally like the best one. Why isn't Koichi the main character? Right? I mean, he's set up that way. He's, yeah. He narrates the beginning. He is literally the one that Jotaro trusts. Jotaro's like, Koichi, go to Italy for me. I can't be fucked. Can't be fucked with by Josuke and these other chuckle fox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 honestly, jo Jojo is one of those things, I think I mentioned this before, how there is so much, like the parts all feel like it's all building up to one big thing and then you get to part six and you're like, oh my god, all the sons of Dio. Why don't they mention Giorno or anything like that? Oh, because Giorno is apparently unaffected because he has the power of like fucking uh, gold experience. Uh, very, very much in, in character for Giorno to like just pull out of his ass. Yeah, I just don't. Uh, I just, I'm fucking invincible. Yeah, I can't, I can't be fucked with any of this shit. That's why I hate part five. I mean, part five's iconic. I, there's things about it I do okay, enjoy. Okay, what do you hate about But I can't part? stand your I want to get back to one. What? Okay, how come? Like I said, he's he he's the most Deus Ex Machina of all of, of all the JoJo's. Um, he has the most like cryptic stand power in the entire series. It just works. His stand power is, it just works for this moment. Whatever I need, it just happens. Gold experience is a funny one, but then again, we both know it started off as something that Araki didn't quite pin down in figuring out its power. Yeah, because it shows. First it it shows shit. he didn't know what oh, the fuck absolutely. he was doing with it. Yeah, no, exactly. I completely agree with that. Gold experience. But, Jono as a character, I feel has a very great purpose in the story where in which every arc he is winning over one person after another in these different ways proving his reliability to them essentially and that is literally his entire mission because Jono understands that he's already he pretty much proven off the fucking bat his, his no, fucking, his, no. his fucking teammates are only, assholes his teammates are assholes but they come to read he comes to love them as much as they appreciate his like being there and his like for example uh, iconic bit him helping uh, Mister 
aim his bullet in such a moment of tension and suspense where Mister's like fucking got the shakes. He's like, I'm go, I could, I might fuck this up. God damn. And Jorno is there, calm and composed, and he is like, I'm fucking with you. You will not fail. Fire that fucking gun. And moments like when he genuinely mourns only briefly over the fucking death of um, Narantia. And, and he is so fucking torn up about it. You can tell. He fucking kneels down at his body and makes him a fucking, like, bed of fucking flowers from his hometown and shit so that he can fucking rest in peace. And he's like, no one can ever hurt you again. And he's fucking going for Diavolo because he's like, this guy killed my fucking friend, but he can't be fucking overly, like, emotional about it because he got to go into this with his best head on. And all I always think about his childhood and how it connects to one of my favorite scenes where in which, which is completely gone off one piece, goddamn, my favorite scene where he is fighting the Ice Guy, White Album. His name eludes me right now, but I'm thinking about that goddamn meme where someone put angry video game nerd uh, over him. It's like, Man 99, Man 2000, 2001, who the fuck even is John Madden? And it's like perfect, like holy fucking shit, I would, I would sell someone's soul, not mine, someone's soul to the devil, to get angry video game nerd to have dubbed that character. Anyway, moment of tension, Mister's dying, and the sun rises up, and Jorno talks about finding the light, essentially, and I think back to that point where, when he was a baby, his mom would leave him alone in a dark room all night while she went out and fucking partied, and that gave Jorno, like, this incredible fear of the dark. It's not super direct or anything like that, but I think Jorno's genuine growth throughout it, even though he doesn't show, like, much in terms of, like, this emotional thought on the things that he's, like, going through and connecting it or anything like that, he just goes for it. I fucking find that shit inspiring. Finding the light in that moment and finding the strength and, like just getting that shit done i'm struggling to like describe it i think that's why jorno is a really good character a better character in my mind at least in terms of like his story and his arc than josuke josuke is purely likable and really cool he's got an amazing power great personality he's funny as fuck he is a realistic teenager that's damn right on a technical level you are absolutely right because then there's thematic writing and then there's technical writing and shit like that so give or take does that make sense that tangent i just went on Cringe. So back to One Piece Stampede. Mm -mm, mm. <laughs> Give me. I'm uh, taking a sip of water. I was about to spit that everywhere. Give me a real ass. You, you should have done bitch. the spit take. Would have been. Would have been authentic. It would have been visceral. Mm, mm. Does that make sense? Though? No, it, it, that it, makes it, perfect it, sense. It, Val, you are a. You are the our freaking JoJo's expert. So I. I completely respect and understand your takes. You just like Josuke more. I just like Josuke more. Josuke's funny. Yeah, and that's fair enough. If someone just says they like Josuke more, I understand. But I would say that Josuke is missing massive pieces of his arc. Yeah, because they got cut out. Because he didn't, get to go, he didn't go back to travel in time and save himself as a child. He didn't get to go back in time. Yeah, yeah. He never yeah, did no, that's that. The, that's the that's fucking... bullshit. That is the, that is the theory, yeah. Hey, everyone, it, add it, Salty DK Dan on Twitter and talk about jo jo Josuke going back in time. He'll fucking love that. <laughs> <laughs> Back to One Piece, though. So, something that we didn't talk about at all, which I was, like, begging us to do, is the crew. What do we think about the crew as a whole right now? No, don't give a shit about spoilers. I'm talking from Luffy all the way to Jinbei, and maybe even some side characters. What are your let's thoughts? Let's work our way down, like, then. Let's work our way down, then. Uh, we'll start with Luffy. 
Luffy is the greatest shonen protagonist ever fucking made. He is one of the most emotionally intelligent of them all. And we all go back to Arlong Park on that shit. I adore him. He fights with respect. Um, there's there's Goku who fights for fun, and Luffy absolutely does it too. But for but fun, it, it stops at fun for uh, Goku. Uh, and then and then also cleaning up his friends' messes because they all get their asses whooped. He watches them die and he goes, okay, now I'll save my friends after they're dead. Mm -hmm. Luffy has a better track record of saving his friends. Uh, not just physically, but emotionally. Again, he's a very emotionally intelligent young Most man. Most definitely. Um, he's, he, he is, he is a, uh, intellectually stupid, but emotionally a genius. Um... And right now, fifth gear. I we, I talked about. We, we already talked about this last episode. I I never I never liked his gear transformations until fifth gear, where now we see something that actually feels very true to Luffy. It's a it's a it's a transformation sparked purely by joy, the the thrill of a fight and adventure. Well, what if I told you there there is there is a reason why you feel like those gear transformations aren't Luffy, and that is because you might remember this. But Gear 2 is him kind of mimicking an aspect of CP9's combat style. Yes. Where he apparently, like, watched... I, 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 I'm, I could be remembering this wrong. I'm pretty sure I've got this. Dead on. But it was something about Luffy um, mimicking something in their fighting style so that he could, like, go into, like, adrenaline mode, basically, constantly. Because that's what it is. He, like, pumps blood through yeah, his body. Yeah, he pumps the blood. I, I actually like that one. I, I like second gear. Second gear is fucking cool. I, I like pumping blood in his in his rubbery veins. Yeah. I think that's fine. It, it's, the, it's the third and fourth ones I don't like. Oh, you don't and, like... But I understand, I understand why they're there. Third gear? I'm surprised you don't like third gear. Because that's... it's it, it, it adds so much to what is now gear five... The cartoony nature of his ability, literally. Well, that's where that's where I'm getting at is the fact that now, in retrospect, third through fourth is build up. This is these are they're practically not even actual transformations. They're transitions. Fifth gear is actually the first true transformation. Everything else is Luffy figuring it out and adding like it's like a it's like a melting pot of him adding what he knows what he's seen including hockey mm -hmm. like he's like he's like mixing things together and it's not quite refined yet and then you and it's almost try hardy and it doesn't quite work and fifth gear is like luffy finally actually doing a proper transformation i wouldn't say gear fourth is try hardy because everyone literally acknowledges how silly he looks that's and true. even and even i in 2015 when like the manga was like coming to the end of Dressrosa 2014-2015 or something like that, and they revealed Gear 4. Uh, in fact, it, it, I remember being sat in the corridor waiting for our freaking lecturer, and I was reading the One Piece manga on my phone, and it's like, he kneels down, Gear 4. One Piece won't be on for like, won't be here next week, going on break. I was like, fuck! It's a ah. thankless job, because I was like, why do you make those silly too? But then no one would take it seriously. So mm. like he was kind of he was kind of in a corner there. Well, it's the it's it's honestly, it's just the nature of the gum gum fruit. People laugh at the idea of like because they see Luffy coming and everyone underestimates Luffy naturally. Until recently, Luffy has always been underestimated because no one knew who they, he they was. They acknowledge him now as a fifth emperor. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, the potential fit. And, and he and he fucking sure. deserves it. The fucker's got a fleet now. He does. Not that he's ever gonna use it unless need uh, absolutely. Ne they're they're gonna come and help him. He's not gonna ask them for help. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah he, he he refused it, and he's like, "Yo, I don't want a fleet." And they said, "Bro, not your fucking choice. <laughs> if you're gonna be king of the pirates, people are gonna follow you." Yeah, and we want to be there to back, and they just want to be there to back him up because he's fucking Luffy. Which again, one of the things I appreciate about. Stampede, this is the first time we really see the fleet besides the splash pages True. at work. I love the what are your thoughts on splash pages? Splash pages uh, what do you, are amazing. What, what do you what do you call them? Not splash pages. Splash pages is a big left to right right page. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You call uh, it a well, window. It, it's a word for a door. Oh, well the splash page is the door. It's or the a door. door. A door a door page. Yeah. What you call it. Yeah, that's what they're they're door pages. Uh I they're hit or miss for me. Hmm? I, I'm glad they're there. I I, I like that because usually door pages, usually they do funny little like AUs or just nice things. I like that he uses that to continue the story. Mm -hmm. So I, I appreciate them, but I don't follow them as hard as everyone else does. Mm. He either does stories or he does art requests. Like, yeah, yes. for example, crocodile helping a puppy, which... Melts Hardest fucking... image. I want that framed. I want a full painting. Huge fucking painting in my fucking... My Crocodile stomach. standing in the rain covering a dog from the fucking... Like, it's... Yeah, no, you're right. Yes, I... that that picture goes so... That is the hardest thing ever put to print. <laughs> but, um, I would say that... Uh, I get... I get, Gear 5th is absolutely the perfect transformation for Luffy. Totally. And um, it's earned. And, 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 the, and now that that has happened, now I appreciate the previous ones. Because mm. now we see that we we worked to get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Gear 4, because I didn't like Gear 4 when it was first released. So I waited two weeks, and then I saw Gear 4, and I was like looking at it. I was like, what the? Man, he looks fucking silly. And then I got over it, because I was like, well, yeah, it's Luffy. Of course it, he's going to look silly. No matter what Luffy does, he has one of the silliest powers in that world, and everyone will take him very like like lightly initially when they see him and like i said until recently only now do people in the story actually take luffy as a viable threat because everyone knows about his bounty now like we go back to bellamy the hyena the jaya arc and everything like that the disrespect he got but also the fact that like you said it adds to his emotional intelligence the way that luffy just like brushed it off even after getting a savage beating because you know what they weren't worth it and he knows that they're not worth it so he just walks away, because guess what? He just wants to, like, go looking for treasure with his friends and having a good time. Fuck those guys if they don't believe in Sky Island, right? Right. And and, and one more thing about Luffy before we move on that I love about him. The respect that he earns of his antagonists. They all respect him. They laugh <laughs> at him until they respect him. Katakuri freaking stabs himself because that's what's... Because that it, it would only be fair. Hmm. I it, love yeah. that man. Um, Karakuri is an amazing mirror for Luffy because Karakuri... Exactly, that's why has, I bring him up. Yeah, Karakuri has, like, this amazing power. He's, like, well-respected, but no one in his family actually loves him. Whereas Luffy has all of these people and this crew that absolutely love him. Karakuri literally strives for a healthy family dynamic. Yes, I, 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 I like him. Uh, and the last I just want to mention is the fact that he does Kaido... Is having the t Kaido is suicidal until he meets Luffy. Luffy, right. mm. and now he's like, "Oh my God! There, finally, finally, someone to bring joy to my life." Um, I loved that moment where the CP0 agent burst in to like interrupt the fight and hit Luffy from behind, 
and he had flashbacks of like what happened with Odin. Yeah, and then Ka- Kaido apologizes too. He's like, sorry about that shit. Yeah, and it's interesting because Kaido at one point did say that he believes whoever's the winner's the the winner is the winner, the loser's the loser. Doesn't matter how you cut it. But it is that but it's obviously he's like had this change of mind because he hasn't been satisfied with any of the fights that he's had. Not only that, but this, that's what you Kaido say you're just, losing. Yeah, yeah. You say winners are winners or losers are losers until you're losing, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like, um... That's a, that's Kaido, a soft liver mentality. Kaido's really... I, I want more out of Kaido in these last, like, bits of Wano. Be- I, I, mean, think I think we will. We'll get it. We will get it. I feel confident in Wano. Yeah. I'm, like, because I felt like Wano wasn't doing Kaido justice for a long time until very recently that we've gotten the insight, like, King's insight into it. And Kaido's, like, you know, like, absolute certainty. I'm the fucking Joy Boy! It's, re- it's just so fucking cool. And his introduction, falling off a of Sky Island, hoping to die. What? They-, they did that perfectly in the anime. But moving on from Luffy. Who- we've already talked about Usopp. I just want to mention have. Usopp. U- Usopp is just absolutely amazing. Petulant-based and grows up to be badass-based. Yeah. Um, Zoro... Zoro is the one that over time I've joked about this last week mm. and again he he's the one I felt I've fallen off of. Mm. He just he's I, I appreciate his simplicity because sometimes that's just all you fucking need. Like Zoro could be a breath of fresh air and the quote unquote nothing moment is fucking iconic for Zoro. I've never ever seen him be that badass again. Um I would say a moment that I love for Zoro is if you go against this man's order or something, or if you, it's it's when the crew is having their worst time, Water 7, they're under a lot of pressure, ship's breaking, Luffy's faced his first big loss against an enemy that, like, serendipitously gave him mercy and the rest of his crew. Usopp's feeling absolutely, like, just disgusting himself for being so weak, and Usopp just says that thing that... Zoro fucking immediately turns on. In fact, Sanji kicks him into a freaking wall for saying it because he's like, maybe you shouldn't be fucking captain then. And Zoro's like, look, if he questions the captain, he doesn't belong on this ship. I really Again, appreciate- Again, Zoro, Zoro is simplicity and pragmatism. I, that's what I appreciate. I appreciate about him because yes, I, I like that line. Okay, you've noticed this, I'm sure. I'm sure you as a writer, you, you, you fucking already know this, but it's the fact that for most of the series uh, until around Skypea, no one is taking being a pirate very seriously. Yeah, but Zoro does. Yeah, Zoro does though. And that's Zoro... the reason why they call Zoro L- Luffy's right hand. Yeah, they that is that's why he's the second in command and everything. He is the only one who really. I takes don't think being he's second in command though. Uh, he's the right. He's the first. I man. think he's the right hand, and I think Nami's the left. Oh, most definitely. Nami is like I. I remember talking to a mate, and he was like. Oh, Nami's so shit though. She doesn't have fights and everything. It's like, but I don't care that Nami. That's not have the fights. point of Nami. No, it isn't. Nami's a fucking coward. <laughs> like and a N- Nami is base too. She's just there for the money. She's not a coward. She's smart. She's smart. As I say, I say, Usopp's a coward. Nami's smart. <laughs> mm. She's the only one besides Robin that's smart. Agreed. Um, but Zoro is cool. Maybe too cool for school. Um, for you, I I still like Zoro. I know you still like Zoro. But I'm guessing he's just kind of gone down on your on your radar of like the straw hats. Yeah, and but go, so go move on to Nami. Like keep on that subject. Yeah. Um, this is what the issue I've been having with One Piece. Like I said, after when we reach the end of what I call peak phase, it's because we run out of developmental moments for these characters, and Nami is really the first one to get the full development package. 
because of Arlong Park. Hmm. And then after that, she's just kind of there. She's great, but I'm waiting for Nami to get a... It seems like... I, I, basically, after Whole Cake Island with Sanji, I'm like, oh, I think everyone's going to get a part two now for development. And I'm, I'm waiting for Nami's, because Nami was the first. I think... Okay, I don't think Nami meanders around. Nami. Nami. After Arlong Park has a deep vested interest in the dreams of and hopes of others. Yes. And the specific person that she has this, like, you know, feeling for is Vivi. Where Vivi is feeling absolutely helpless and alone. She is facing a gigantic threat and she is helpless to do anything about it because she is so far away from home. And Nami is freaking determined to get her there as yeah. fast as possible, even risking her own health after the Little Garden incident. She doesn't even want to stop off an island. She's like, nah, I just need a bit of sleep. I'll be off. And, and she was about to, she was on the cusp of death. She didn't know it, but she would have died if she weren't so if she got too caught up or wasn't forced to stop trying to help Vivi. Nami proves so well all the time her place, why she is there in the crew, because no one else can do that. Absolutely. Because my mate, my mate was just like, but Nami doesn't fire anything. She's not cool. It's like, that's not the fucking point, man. Yeah, that's not the point. She's the most, in, she's the most useful person. She's like the linchpin in all of this. And without her, they'd right. be fucked. And then you brought up Water 7, so bring it back to Sanji. Mm. Water 7 is so good to Sanji. A lot of arcs are very good to Sanji. Alabasta Sanji is, is good to Sanji. Sanji is spoiled. I think Sanji is Oda's favorite. Because Sanji gets all the good shit. I mean, he's doing espionage and shit like that in bloody, um... A uh, little garden, everything like you know. Yeah, but no, but in Water Seven, that scene where he goes on the train and forgives Robin, and mm. he just starts kicking the shit out of everyone on the train by him. He starts soloing everyone on the train, <laughs> is fucking amazing. And Sanji has this big thing in Baratie, and uh, then he's in Water Seven, Little Garden. Um, where else? I mean, fuck, he's, Alabaster, he's always like great. Um, there's the yeah, big he's, he's like, always great. Yo, it's me, Mr. Prince. And he's like, faked being captured, and then they walk outside, and him and Chopper have just taken everyone out, and Sanji's already in the casino, saving people. Yeah, and then, and then you think, wow, couldn't, like, what, I couldn't, Sanji could never get cooler. And then Whole Cake Island happens. And to this day, I swear the fuck, they better not give that bastard Germa powers. Please don't do it. And then? Because uh, your friend complains about Nami not being able to do cool things. Mm. And so one would make the argument that she's the most human, but it's Sanji. Sanji is the most human. He's the most corrupted by his vices. Yes, he's the hedonist. He, exactly. And, and it makes him so human. But on top of that, you get his origin story. I discussed this in our Whole Cake Island recap mm. um, a couple episodes early where he, he is the product of a failed experience. His siblings become fucking superheroes, but they lose their humanity in the process. Sanji is deemed a failure because he's the most human, and that's incredible. I love Sanji. He's, he's amazing. So how do you feel about him getting Germa powers? When his eyebrows curl the other way, I hate it. I'm, I'm so angry. <laughs> I'm so angry. I'm devastated. I I understand that sentiment. I like that moment though where he 
questions if he's ever going to be if with the like you know appearance of these powers he's like distraught yeah i mean almost as distraught as i am yeah he he's like distraught he is like oh my fucking god am i no longer like and, and he he has that moment where he's like wait did i hit this girl but no it was actually just queen moving I, around i love invisible. that i do i do that's what i'm happy about is the fact that even oda is already immediately responding to the consequences of that of i just made this guy so human and now we give him powers and i'm merely going to address the fact that how dehumanized he feels for that mm. and how much his own humanity is very important to him so to that degree i'm very happy he did he this wasn't a lazy toss away he's like no, oh now he gets powers because because we have to escalate that's not what this is about he's getting again he's spoiling sanji a lot of people are actually disappointed i think because I, I think many people think that, that feel that the queen fight is a lot better than the king fight with Zoro. Uh, because a lot of One Piece fans, similar to Dragon Ball Z fans, are a little bit too obsessed with battles. I like fights. I Way too obsessed. Oh, so that, that review I'm working on, that's one of the biggest jokes I keep coming back to. Hmm? Is the, the contingency of the One Piece audience that is so obsessed with who's the strongest member of the Straw Hats, hmm. it doesn't fucking matter. I don't give a fuck who can fight who. That's not the problem. The best fight in the series is Luffy versus Usopp. It's not Absolutely. even close after that. Otherwise, there are no fights in that series between them that fucking matter. Yeah, I, 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 my friend is talking to me about like a story he's trying to write or like trying to like lead himself up to writing. He's telling me ideas for like fights he has and everything like that. And I was like, okay, well that all sounds cool and all, but, and I say, but what are the stats? Fights are great. I mean, like, congratulations. Fights are what I struggle with. Because I'm too busy developing my fucking characters. Not their power levels. And that's precisely what I said. I said to him, but what are the stakes of this fight? What's the Why does it point? matter? And if you want to, if you ever want to teach a shonen trash kid, like a kid who's like, man, I want to write shonen someday. Show them the Luffy versus Usopp fight. Show them, oh, you can only show them one fight in One Piece. One fight in any shonen. You have to show them Luffy versus Usopp. It has everything you could ever fucking want in a shonen battle. You have brains versus brawn. You have creativity. You have stakes. You have a battle of ideals. You have two best friends going at it. This is a rival battle. I also love the fact that you get like that insight into what everyone thinks. Yes, and, and you get a peanut gallery that matters. I hate battle commentary. I fucking hate battle commentary so goddamn much. It's one of the reasons I freaking hate Dragon Ball Super and Dragon Ball Z and stuff like that. It's not that battle commentary is bad. It's because Dragon Ball popularized bad commentary. Oh, oh, I can't even... I can't read their power levels. Whereas you go to Luffy versus Usopp and you see the fucking horror on their fucking faces. What the fuck? Yeah, Nami is literally like, oh god, please stop. Chopper's like trying to run in and give Usopp medical attention. And Sanji's like, no, he's a. Let, it's like that scene in Friday. Let him be yeah, a man. Let so him be now a man. Let's segue to Chopper, who I. I, he, I love him. I love Chopper. I, I am very partial to doctor characters. Mm -hmm, and course. Chopper gets done so dirty. It's because they've made him too much of a mascot. Yeah, he's a mascot and a joke, and that's very upsetting. Because Chopper, he could be based like Usopp. Mm. Chopper used to be amazing. He did, yeah, he used to be based. And now he's just, ah, he's just kind of there. He's, he's kind of a chew toy character now. He kind of took over the petulance of Usopp, but in a bad way. A little, it's it's strange that he is kind of lumped in with. Yeah, the, yeah, 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 yeah. He, he he is, is the weak character. He 
Yes, yes. He is he is in the quote unquote he is in the quote unquote as the community call it, the weakling trio. Which can cause you got the monster trio, Luffy, Sanji, Zoro, and then the weakling trio is Usopp, Nami, Chopper. Yeah, but that's so untrue. Except for except for Chopper. But the one joke I do like about Chopper is how low his bounties are. Yes. He's cotton candy loving Chopper, and he's got a bounty of like fifty berries, and I, hundred, I love that. A hundred, sir. A hundred now. Okay. I think I think Chopper might actually officially get a, a new bounty after Onigashima. We can only pray. We can only yeah. pray that it's a dollar. It's a dollar more. One hundred and one. Mm. Right. Um. But but that's what I love about Chopper. Because guess what? Chopper's a doctor. He heals people. Why would he have a bounty? He helps people. And so and that's the base part of Chopper. He's so loving. Um, that's the part that works with Chopper. I, that's what I like about Chopper. I want them to lean in more with that. Instead, they punish Chopper for this. And that's funny the first 50 times, but now we're in like the millionth time because One Piece has been going on for so long. Yeah. Uh, I think Chopper is going to get something soon. I, I was kind of... I think... Again, again, Whole Cake Island gives me hope that everyone is going to get something else now because the guys I'm falling off on could get another second chance like Sanji did. Mm. A little bit of a retcon, and I would like that. I feel like they attempted to give Zoro a second part of his reveal because they had that chapter where, obviously, he's like, oh, the person that made my sword was this old man who I met once, and now only now am I thinking about him. And I was yeah, like... I mean, yeah, because they're, they're getting ready for more, yeah. and I hope so. I, wanna, I, I, I love all these characters. I want more of them. Let's move on to... um. Uh, How about Frankie? Robin, Robin, because we talked a bit about Robin last week. I like how it reminds me of the same thing. We, we both thought Frankie went, no, but if we're going in the order of what's important, we got to talk about Robin. Absolutely. No, faux show. Robin immediately shows just how freaking useful she is to the crew, where the the ship falls down on them. Like, I skipped the bloody Rainbow Mist arc or whatever uh, with my friends. I was like, look, Rainbow Mist is shit. I didn't want to fucking, like, don't even bother with it. Um, let's just get straight to the good shit with Jaya. I'm trying- I'm doing him on one pace, so I'm, like, skipping fillers yeah. that I feel like are really crap and everything like that when we have to, like, go back into the main thing. So I said, let's get back to Jaya. And she's examining, like, the bones and everything, the wood. She's, like, telling them all about it and stuff, and they're all, Yeah, like, but she's the one that brings shit. up the poneglyphs. And what, what I like about- I, I talk about peak One Piece. Robin is- peak One Piece. Yeah, Robin is the road. Robin is the road to One Piece. She's the tail end of the of the the, the, the core group's development. So I talk about while well, everyone else needs another because because we it's been so long since we've really had these inner something very interpersonal with them. Robin is smack dab in the middle of One Piece, the story. So I still feel fresh on her development. Absolutely. And she 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 is the peak. She is Annie's lobby. I love her. She's one of my fucking favorites. Robin, I, I imagine another reason that you love Robin is Robin shows she's the first character that I think, not the first, because you've got characters like Nami who get dobbed over by the government, like that rat face guy and everything, like siding yes. with Arlong and being like, I want her money. Yes, but, but Robin is the one where you really, really understand the darkness of the world government. The gov and yeah, that's when you itself. find, like, it cannot be, it's, it's again, I talked about last week where it came to the point where there was no longer a joke or any no, there was nothing to hide anymore when Oda's mm. editors realized oh fuck we're doing this and we can't go back now yeah that, and that's Robin Robin is the one who really introduces the fullest stakes of the darkness of the world government mm. and that's incredible 
It is. No, like, they're, they're just wiping out islands and communities, civilizations, even. For, for, for people demonstrating ideas that they do not approve. It's, it's, it's exactly. too true to today's world. Love it. Hmm. Next, we'll go to Frankie. Frankie's just the guy. Frankie's just a cool guy. I'm never worried about Frankie. He, he, again, he's very fresh like Robin's development, where he, he's very fresh. Frankie is the most, I'm going to say this, Frankie is the most chaotic person on the crew. Yes, and that's good, because otherwise he has nothing else to offer, and that's fine. He embraces being a mad scientist. He blew up a fucking country <laughs> pre-time skip. Yes, like his silhouette, Frankie is top-heavy. His development is top-heavy, and that's okay, because again, it happened during peak one piece. Yeah. I love that he's he's the reason why Water 7 is so fucking great. He is. Water 7 is for Frankie, and his lobby is for Robin. Mm. They fade into each other. It's great. Again, Frankie's also another guy who demonstrates the problems of the world government. Oh, most definitely. But that's because the Spandam is an absolute garbage human being. He's a trash. Have you seen what these characters will look like when they're like 50, 40 to 60? Nope, I haven't seen it. Okay. There are these cute little drawings that Oda does where he takes each crew member of the Straw Hat. Show me this like, after the show because it's only because we are getting so close to the end here. I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but we have, we got to do this. Um, And in Frankie's version, there, there are two versions he draws of them. There's one where they're going like the good route, where everything goes well, where they all met up and everything. And then it's like, oh, this is like Sanji grows out his uh, beard and shit, you know? Um, And he's got like hair kind of like, it's kind of like a... His masters, the chef. Yeah, the um, old man. Red leg. It, but then they do a bad version of what if things didn't go well? What if they never met up with the straw hats or something and just went the dark path that, like, you know, life had kind of set out for them before Luffy showed up in their lives? Um, Frankie progressively transformed himself into something less and less human until he became the final and ultimate battle Frankie, which just sails the ocean and destroys everything. And that's one of the th cool things about Frankie in which he's got that mad scientist thing going on really fucking bad where he's like, you know, blowing up countries. He's like causing irreparable freaking damage to stuff. And, and, and he's just still going along his merry way, having a grand time with his friends. He just loves it. He's such a fucking cool dude. And I think he's that like really chaotic personality in the Straw Hats that's needed. Going on next, we have... um. Brooke. I love Brooke's story. Again, top heavy development. People fucking hated Brooke when he was first in. A lot of people didn't like Brooke. I, I, I can understand why. He was introduced in. Uh. Name. It's like on the tip of my tongue. Thriller uh, Bark? Thriller Bark, thank you. Like, I literally had it, but I couldn't get it out. He was introduced in Thriller Bark, and then what immediately happens after Thriller Bark? We meet Sanji's doppelganger, and then everyone gets separated. And it really didn't give Brooke any, like, room to, like, do much. Like, we got plenty of, like, characterization from Brooke. Like, Brooke is kind of a bitch. Honestly. Like, he's coming out with little comments, but it's, like, in the nicest way, it seems. Because of the tone of his voice and everything like that. There's, like, a funny thing where, um, everyone's, like, naming, giving Sanji better names for his, um, Germa 66, uh, battle outfit. And, um... Brooke makes a, a really snide reference to him peeking in the hot tubs and stuff like that and bringing up things. Brooke's always bringing up like little things about people that make them kind of pissed off at him or saying inappropriate shit, but he doesn't give a shit because he's dead. I just like a bard. 
you need uh, if well, one, he piece, is. one piece is unabashedly a fucking um, D&D campaign D&D campaign and you have the bar you fight it took it took forever but the bard as you said people didn't like Brooke at first because the bard can try everyone's patience mm-hmm. I appreciate Brooke I, I, I think Brooke is an important piece to reconnecting them to the beginning of their journey on the Grand Line because he connects to Laboon mm. and I and I like that and and being sake should be the national anthem <laughs> Brooke is like a bard with zero charisma because obviously he's a fucking dead person right it's great it's 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 a great little twist yeah i i like him brooke is the character that most that most of the crew probably get the most annoyed by especially the women and as they should jinbei jinbei i'm not sold on jinbei i understand jinbei i i hope he sticks around this time that's one of the things i have i've been having trouble with struggling with one piece Hmm? is the fact that up until the climax of wano They've been separated for a very long time, everyone. Yes. And Jinbei's barely even been around. He really hasn't established a, f- a actual repertoire. Like we talk about that, many many members of the crew are annoyed by Brook. At least they have a relationship with Brook. Mm-hmm. Jinbei is just beginning right now with the crew. And uh, and to this day, I'm still more sold on Vivi being a true blue straw hat than Jinbei. I think Jinbei has a lot of really well done characterization in um. Uh, a part that I actually wanted to bring up uh, in One Piece, one of my favorite bits, is the story of Fisher Tiger is probably one of my favorite stories, which is thematically about racism and the way it corrupts people and the way that those people also hate themselves. As Fisher Tiger basically says, I do fucking hate humans. I do, but I don't want to be twisted up by it and I definitely don't want it I don't want this kind of vitriolic hate towards humans or fishmen to be in anyone else because it's fucking awful. And I'm ashamed of myself, basically. Yep. I, our audience has been commenting about Fishman Island. They're like, everyone, you should be rereading that. I'm like, I will. Oh, yeah. No, I'll no, get no. To it. It's like, I, I just don't like Fishman Island because like, I remember it was at a point where I was like, you know, the time skip happened. Yep. All the characters like changed design. And that, that that's the thing. Oda went pretty hard on some of the design. Not all of them. Like Zoro, he, he's got like a kai. He wears more like more traditional samurai stuff then. Um, Sanji's got the beard and stuff. But then it's like Frankie and everything. And there was like a transition in animation style, even art style in general. Um, so I remember it was like kind of hard to like get back into it for a little bit for me. Because this was back in like 2010. Yeah, I already discussed this. That time skip ruined a lot for me, pacing wise. I don't think it ruined... <sighs> No, it was just hard. It was just a hard pill, that transition. But I love the fact that Jinbei has, like, taken away the lesson that he learned from Fisher Tiger, and he lives by that, basically. And he refuses to live with hate in his heart, basically. Any, like, at all. Yes. And then you can compare him to characters like Arlong and Hordy. And his, like, that conversation he had with Ace, because... Jinbei isn't there just because he wants to join Luffy. Luffy has inspired him. But Ace was like, I believe he was like, man, if we fucking get out of here, look out for my little brother, dude. Like, he, he, he if I don't get out of here and you somehow do, look out for Luffy. Jinbei was there because he felt an obligation to take care of this fucking kid, this pup on the ocean that he's been around for ages and he is the most experienced pirate on the crew now next to Brooke who like you know you could say Brooke was a jobber yeah again that's why that's the only like place I see for Jean Bay. otherwise 
they consider him the helmsman of mm-hmm. the crew. That's his job, which I yeah. go, that's one of the things about ever since the introduction of the, the Sunny mm-hmm. is the Sunny, they've been, they're, they're, again, they're hardly ever together enough. But when they do, the Sunny's been perfect. It has been helmed all right on its own. But I guess Jinbei can bring out its full potential Maybe. is what they're insinuating. I suppose so. I hope the so. The fact that he's so strong, he can actually handle it. And he now can they can, manip- really push he can its physically limits. grab the water and be like, get over there. Yeah, like he like I think I think that's his purpose, is to really push the limits of how they pilot the Sunny. The problem is that we don't have the whole crew together to really see that yet. So I'm crossing my fingers that going forward, we really see Jinbei really prove himself. Because we need it. Because otherwise, right now, I'm still more stuck up on Vivi. Vivi was great. Vivi was a really great addition to the crew. She Vivi re- was the fastest retcon we ever saw in the series. Vivi was... Oh. <laughs> she was fucking Jesse for, like, um, in her introduction. And then they're like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm actually the princess of a kingdom. Yeah. And it's like, thank God. I, uh, I think even Oda was like, oh, fuck, this is not working out. V- I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not embarrassed. I'll change it right now in front of y'all. <laughs> um, it's like this. Usopp's like the heart of the crew. Oh, you can say Luffy. I would say it's Usopp. Really? Yeah. No. No. Luffy's just the tip of the spear. And then Luffy, Vivi Usopp's showed the up and was like, "Get the fuck out of here, Usopp. You're you're just you're just comic relief right now." Yeah. It's time for Vivi. Yeah. I love Vivi. Uh, shall we? Shall we call it that? I know we're hitting. We the, do. We do. Got to wrap up. Close. We are well past our time limit. We Damn gotta right. go. But it's worth it because it's one piece. Get the fuck back on the boat, Ivan. I think this is where the where we dock our ship for a while. No, I don't wanna. It, it was you for wanna. talking about JoJo for a half hour. That's what happened. I'm like, okay, I think we've reached our limits for now. No. But we'll be back. It was necessary. I was defending. Yeah, it was really necessary to bring up JoJo during One Piece. Yes. <laughs> a t- typical JoJo bro mentality. It's it's. We 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 just. We're just all over the place, Island. We just fucking throw out anything that we think of with this stuff. We sure are. People, anyways, listen. There's no, there's no goddamn schedule. We don't know what the fuck. Get we're off the doing. ship, Val. Val, I'm only <laughs> walking away. Get off the ship. We'll be no. back. Mind the gap as you exit our podcast safely. Rebuild of Joycast is hosted by Ivan Leroy and Valentine Stokes. Leroy's written and directed works can be found on the Joyride Entertainment YouTube channel and the soon-to-be-released original web manga, Paramedic. Val's dulcet tones can be heard in many of your favorite anime and web series, such as Ruby, Death Battle, Tribe 9, Lackadaisy Cats, and more. This episode was edited by Stina Carey, with YouTube version edited by Cody Rock. Music provided by Lo-Fi Geek. Intro and outro narration by Stina Carey. Outro music composed by Michael Payovich. Logo and visuals designed by Ivan Leroy. Rebuild of Joycast is produced by Joyride Entertainment and Rock Voice Productions, LLC, and made possible thanks to Patreon donations from generous listeners like you. This month's highest-tiered Patreon producers are Mr. Host, Austin, Hi Romadina, Gooner Bear, and Fluffy Giggles McCool Kid. If you would like your name shouted out at the end of each podcast, an invite to our private Discord to interact with fans, cast, and crew, or early access to all of our content, be sure to check out Joyride Entertainment's Patreon. Links provided in the description. Thank you for keeping Joyride's engine burning.